All right, ladies, uh, we have uh, just a real treat this morning with Pastor Deb Kurgis ministering to us. Pastor Deb wears many, many hats, and most people don't know, but she oversees so many different areas of ministry, including Freedom Ministries that are, is actually very active here in this church, and um, Leaders for Christ, leaders, uh, she's involved in the school, and there's many more things that she could probably name, but all I know is that she has spoken so many times into my life. I love her and value her friendship, but she has a word of life for us. Would you please welcome Pastor Deb this morning? No, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. It's, it's good to see you. know, when you're sitting up front here, you really don't have a good sense of how many people are actually here. Um, since, and I can't see all of your faces, but I see you way back in the back, so just know that we, we are, we're counting you as part of the group, okay? Don't feel excluded. Um, since Karen mentioned that we were talking about the Message Bible, I think I'm going to start with this. Uh, I, have you ever had it where you're looking for a scripture? And, you know, I was actually looking for Psalm 51. And when I entered it in, I actually dropped the five. And so I ended up at Psalm 1. And so, and I'm actually, I was going to use Psalm 51.6 in this message. And I don't know that I'm going to now. But I really like this. So I'm going to start with this. This is David. And, and bear in mind that this is after he has just come through this whole thing with Bathsheba and, and all of that. And he's talking, and he says, listen, God, please pay attention. Can you make sense of these ramblings, my groans and cries? King God, I need your help. Every morning, you'll hear me at it again. Every morning, I lay out the pieces of my life. This is not the right one. This is not the right one. That's Psalm 5. You know, at least I caught it. How do you like that? You know, isn't it wonderful? Do you need that? Do you want me to finish that one? Okay, okay, well, you, you can read it at home, okay? Yeah, yeah. You know what? This is one of the really neat things about freedom is that our self-image and, and who we are does not hinge on what we do. And, you know, the amazing thing is, is if you know me very well uh, or if you hope to get to know me very well, you will quickly learn that most of the things that I talk about you know, I consider myself an expert at them because an expert is somebody who has tried many, many times and failed and learned some lessons. That's what I've heard. And really, most of the things that, that I've learned that have been helpful to me have been because of mistakes I've made. And so hopefully, you know, in sharing, I can, you know, and this was just a object lesson. <laughs> so let's try Psalm 1 <laughs> because it is really good. Psalm 1, okay, this was what I wanted to say to you. How well God must like you. You don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't slink along dead-end road. You don't go to Smart Mouth College. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. And this, I love this verse. You're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. You're not at all like the wicked who are mere wind-blown dust without defense in court, unfit company for innocent people. Know this. It doesn't say know this, but I'm saying this. Know this. God charts the road you take. The road they take is skid row. And you know, the, there's several things in this verse that, that really hit me. 
you know, we're, we're going to hopefully get to the place where we talk about God's uh, knowing and hearing God's voice and listening to him and really spending time in his presence and, and some of that. Um, but, you know, just the fact of, of thrilling to God's word and chewing on scripture day and night and a tree replanted in Eden. If you think about it, you know, what Jesus came to do is, is he came to really reestablish creation the way that it was before the fall. And to say that we are like a tree replanted in Eden is like saying, you know, we have gone through all, the, all of the transformation that was needed to uh, be translated from that old life into the new life. And so we're really planted in this place just as if nothing had ever happened. I love that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I also love that God charts the road you take. He charts the road we take. And a lot of times if we ask him and if we tune into him, he will actually tell us in a little bit in advance, hey, this is where we're going. Sometimes, not always. I want to start out um, by sharing a story about um, something that happened to me because I do want to talk about hearing God. In 2015, um, in 2015, I went through a, a bout with cancer. And it was really interesting because in the beginning of that year, I had asked God for a word. And because we're people who listen to God and want to hear his voice, I encourage everybody at the beginning of the year to just ask God to give you a word for the year. And he had given me the word peace. And I thought, oh, must be I'm going to teach on peace. And little did I know that I was really going to need peace. And there were a lot of things that happened that year. I would just say to, that it you know, all went very, very well. And God's peace was with me all the way. But there was one instance of something happened that I don't even know if I can get through without tears. Because uh, you know the song where we sing, you know, through it all, through it all. My eyes are on you, through it all, through it all, it is well. I was singing that song one time, just, you know, to some music and, and in the house. And it was, and I was singing, and through it all, through it all, I'm not going to try to sing. My eyes are on you, and through it all, through it all, it is well. And I heard, I heard, I know I heard it with my ears. I heard God say, and through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. It is well with me. And you know, that's the kind of comfort and the kind of peace and the way that God wants to minister to us as we walk with him and as we tune in and listen to his voice. You know, he really, he really, uh, you could compare ourselves to um, a radio. You know, a radio, if, you, if, it, if I had a radio right here now, we could plug it in and we could turn it on and we could tune it to a certain frequency, and we would hear something. It might be some beautiful music. It might be a speaker. Uh, I don't know what it would be. But really, God created the human race, and Adam and Eve, it started with them, really to be people who would take dominion. And what that looks like is that it would be his life and his light and his love coming into us as we are plugged into him, and as we tune into his frequency, we would hear and receive from him those things that he wants to deposit in us. And we would contain them, and they would minister life to us, 
but then we would also broadcast those to the people around us, to the world around us. And that would be part of how heaven, it would be on earth as it is in heaven. And so, you know, I, I, I guess I, I just want to encourage us to be mindful that, you know, I, it's easy. It's so easy to hear God's voice for just the things that we need. But so cool when we start to hear the voice of the Lord for the things that he wants to do in us and through us as well. So even as we're talking today, I, I, I want to plant that thought in your mind. Hey, uh, I really do appreciate the opportunity to speak today, and none of that was planned, so uh, we're going to actually start the message here in just a minute. Uh, last year, my husband and I celebrated our 41st anniversary. And you can applaud, but really what that means is that we're getting old. <laughs> and so what, what I did is I got him a card. And on this card, there is a guy and a gal on the cover, and they represent Rod and me. Um, obviously, the woman on it will be the Deb lookalike, and the guy will be the Rod doppelganger. So if you would put that card up there. Can you read it? <laughs> you know, this is a common conversation in our house, you know. Things like, do I look fat? And, you know, what kind of an answer can they give in that case? And think about it, ladies. Now, Ryan, I'm sure you've never said this, and whoever's back in the sound booth, Daniel probably hasn't. But, ladies, haven't we always, at, at least at some time, said to someone, maybe it's one of our friends, maybe it's our husband, do I look fat in this? Now, tell me, how can they answer that question? And so, you know, do I look stupid? What a great response. But then when you open the card... This is what it says. <laughs> and you know, communication and honesty really are keys to every relationship. And, and especially even in our relationship with God. And I think I will share Psalm 51.6 here. Uh, because what it says is that God desires truth in the innermost parts. And I believe, you know, he, that means that he wants us to be truthful. He wants us to live in that truth. But I also believe that he desires us to have his truth in our innermost parts, in that place where it fills us and, and gives us those things that we, that we need. And, um, you know, that nice little card, I have to say this, that in our house, um, you know, I know it's hard to believe that there are occasional um, disagreements or, you know, conversations, let's call them conversations, and it will get to a place and it will often end with either him saying, do I look stupid? And then I'll chuckle and say, do I look fat? And then that ends the conversation. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of nice to recognize that sometimes there are good questions not to ask and good questions, you know, not to answer. But with God, anything goes. You know, he desires communication that is transparent. He wants to know our heart. And he wants to be able to share his heart with us. So, uh, I don't remember if we prayed, so let me just pray. Father, I just thank you for this time that we have together. I pray, Lord, that it would be fruitful, Lord, and that you would receive glory from it. Lord, that we would be strengthened. Father, I pray that each woman and each man would draw near to you in their hearts, Lord, and that you would speak the word that they need for this season. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, I entitled this Freedom Is, and so I'm going to quickly just say a few things. You know, freedom is a journey. And I know that sounds cliche, 
Uh, and it is kind of a cliche, but it's true. You know, and, and it starts, interestingly, with the day that you hear God speaking to you and nudging you to receive his gift of Jesus Christ. It starts with hearing his voice. And, and that begins your journey to freedom. Because really at that time, every single thing that you need to be free from the lies of the enemy, from the obstacles and the things that would happen in your life, the unexpected tragedies, whatever, anything that you would need to be able to get through those situations, it, it's yours. The thing is, is that we don't usually use all of them. It's kind of like my, my dad, he's 92, and he has a smartphone. And, you know, now I have a smartphone, and I use it for, you know, phone calls, texts, emails, taking pictures, um, searching for some things online. It's an alarm clock. My dad uses it for phone calls. <laughs> and the thing is, is that my kids, they probably use it for 60 million other things. And, I, you know, they have all of these apps and things. It's up to us how much we use. You know, I've got the same one, but how I use it is different. And, and really, when it comes to God's presence and his voice, we can have all we want. And um, so we, we should want more and go for it. Uh, so, but freedom is a journey. And why I say that it starts with hearing his voice is because in John 6, is where Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father draws them. You know, so the Father who sent me draws them. So... What happened is, is when you prayed and received Jesus Christ, or when you asked him to come into your life, you know, you did that because the Holy Spirit was nudging you. God was speaking to you. And sometimes we don't even take the time to really realize that's how it happened. And so sometimes, too, people think, well, I'm not sure I hear God's voice. But if you are saved, you can be sure that you have heard God's voice, and you probably hear it a lot more than you think you do. Uh, freedom is also the ministry of Jesus Christ. Uh, when Paul, in, in Galatians 5.1, this is what he says. He said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourself be burdened by a yoke of bondage. And then in Luke 4.8, this is where Jesus is talking about his ministry. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed. You know, there's freedom, and it is his ministry. We were made for freedom, actually, so much so that a lot of times people will go for whatever they think freedom is. And so it's really important that we take a minute and actually define or get some good definitions of freedom. Um, because if you have a wrong picture in your mind of what freedom is, you're just going to go for it. It's kind of like, I, I picture it to like when I was a, a country girl growing up out in the middle of nowhere. We would get really bored and we would catch bugs and we would put them in a jar. And you put the, the bugs in the jar, you put the lid on it, and what do the bugs do? They make their way up to the top because they're trying to get out. And that's how humans are wired. They're wired for freedom. We don't want to be contained. We're, we're going to go for whatever that we think is the best thing that we should have. And that would be freedom. We would see that as freedom. And so what happens is, uh, if, if people are not having a, a biblical definition of freedom, they're just going to think that freedom is throwing off all restraint. Anybody live through the 70s? Uh, you know, I'm just saying. Um, yeah. So people would go, you know, could go from relationship to relationship, party to party, um, you know, any kind of thing, addictions, fantasy, whatever it might be. 
And then we pursue that thing over and over again only to pursue, uh, to, to discover that it doesn't really give us the life of freedom that we want. And then we move on to the next thing that we think might be the best thing for us. And so once we have that right definition or a biblical definition of what freedom is, then we can really focus and really begin to start experiencing freedom. So we're going to talk um, and look at freedom from this perspective, that freedom is the ability to respond fully to God as the person he created and redeemed me to be. Freedom is the ability to respond fully to God as the person he created and redeemed me to be. Now, I'm not talking about actions. I'm talking about our relationship, our connection with him, that we can actually respond to him, that our connection is such that it's clear and, and there's two-way communication and that we're free to do that and free to let him be the one who speaks into us, that defines who we are, that defines what happens. When, when we get into a situation that causes us pain or misery or something, that we can go to God and we can say, God, what do you want to say to me about that? instead of putting our own spin on it or letting the enemy put his spin on it. We, we, because we are free um, to respond fully to him as the person he created and redeemed us to be, we can live and move and have our being in him and let him be the one who informs our decisions. Every, every one of us were created by God and he gave us our purpose. I always think of Jeremiah, and in Jeremiah 1.5 is where God said to him, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You see, he came through his parents, but he came from God. And if God formed him, he also formed you, and he also formed me. We came through our parents, but were really from God, because he knew us before we were in our mother's womb. And just as he knew Jeremiah and set him apart for a purpose, he also knows you, and he has set you apart for a purpose. And he's, he's, that's because he's the one who really establishes who we are. It's kind of like he had this giant, or maybe petite, this petite blueprint in mind when he created you and, and, and put you into place. I want to talk a little bit about what happened in the Garden of Eden. Um, just really briefly, you know, Adam and Eve started out really, really good. They were in a perfect environment, and they, you know, they had the perfect mate. They probably didn't have any of that stuff going on. Uh, well, I'm sure they didn't, not at least until after the fall. You know, do I look fat in this fig leaf? <laughs> yeah, you know, you can't make these things up. Uh, you know, but, but everything was perfect, you know, and they had the perfect breath of life that God had breathed into them. And but what happened was when they ate that tree, that fruit from the forbidden tree, you know, they, they began uh, to be receiving knowledge and then uh, from a different source than from God. It was the knowledge of good and evil, and they really, it's kind of like they unplugged themselves from God and plugged into this tree, or actually they plugged into themselves because it was their own knowledge of good and evil that they started living by. And, you know, the, the issue with that is is that meanwhile, they could have been eating from the tree of life. They could have, you know, they could have just been eating from that tree, and it would have given them life. But here, now they just had this thing that was substandard to life. They just had knowledge. And there's nothing wrong with knowledge, but knowledge is not as good as life. I mean, <laughs> and life can only come from the source of life, and there's only one giver of life. 
And so all the knowledge in the world, you know, it's not capable of producing that God kind of life that, that they were meant to have. And so when they walked away from that tree, you know, God said that they would surely die. And I just want to say this, you know, you may have heard that scripture before and said, you know, well, gee, God killed them. And, you know, God didn't kill them. It's kind of like as a parent, if you were to say to your child, you know, now don't go out in the street. Because if you go out and play in the street, you could get hit by a car and you will surely die. That's what this was about. God was just protecting them and he was setting the way for them to go and saying, this is the way that you should go. Don't eat of this because it causes death. Not I'm going to kill you. It causes death. So if you've walked in kind of a fear of, you know, God's walking around like he could just squash you at any morning, moment because you can surely die, you know, it's not so. It was, he, he's protective in nature and all of his commands are protective in, in nature as well. Um, but anyhow, when they walked away from that tree, they looked alive, and physically they were. But in another sense, they were dead because they had disconnected from the source of life. And, but in the garden, when they changed the source, uh, they also changed it for the whole human race, which is why you know, we, we can talk about the problem of sin and yes, they did sin. We know from things we read in the New Testament that they sinned when they did that. But sin was not even mentioned there. So sin really, it was more of an issue of the source that they changed. They went from being God-sourced to being themselves-sourced. You know, it was all about them and their decisions. And, and that's what we had to live with until we came to Christ. But now we are sourced in God and so we can walk back in that place of sonship and daughtership. Daughtership, I don't know if that's a word. Um, but I wanted to, to kind of put that out there because so many times as believers, even when it comes to the area of freedom, people get a sin mentality and they think it's all about the sin. And if I would just stop this sin, if I could just somehow stop this addiction or whatever, then I would be free. But that's not really the issue. The issue is, what is your source? Um, because uh, Christianity is not a behavior management program. You know, he, Jesus died for much more than just to uh, clean up our sins. Thank goodness he cleaned our sins up too, though. Um, I also want to say, and I want to make this point, that freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. Uh, the scripture says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And that's why the presence of God in our lives is such a wonderful thing. Because, I mean, for many, many reasons. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so when we're aware of his presence and, and, and taking advantage of all of the benefits of his presence, you know, we're, we're walking uh, in a, a lifestyle that leads to freedom. I want to talk a little bit uh, from here about omnipresence. Because I think, you know, we've talked about hearing God a fair amount, uh, probably here. I'll just go through some things real quick about hearing God. You know that the ways that we hear God is we hear him through scripture, through his word. And when we read his word, we should be aware of this, that we can read the word to ourselves and it can be just information. The devil can read the word to us to try to twist it and tell us something that's not true. Or God can read the word to us and speak the word to us and it becomes life. And I advise 
letting God be the one that speaks his word to you. So even as you're reading it, be conscious of that and say, Lord, what do you want to say to me from this? And, and hear him as he speaks. But then through teachers and preachers and prophecy, visions and dreams, and lots of other creative ways. I personally like the donkey, um, but, you know, lots of different ways that he speaks. But the, I, the other thing I really want to point out here, because I think people sometimes have a misconception of how God speaks and how we interpret what he speaks. And really, I want to talk about the ways we hear. God speaks to our spirit. It's spirit to spirit. And at it's a beautiful way for him to speak to us because it's really, in my mind, it's kind of like a conduit that the enemy really cannot even take advantage of that transaction and say, oh, this is what God's got planned. Um, but, but he speaks to our spirit. And some people hear words. Um, some people might, and, and I don't mean necessarily with their ears. Um, I, I think I have heard the audible voice of God twice. Once when I heard him say and sing that song back to me, and one time when I nearly had drowned, and he had given me a phrase of, you know, look up to me. And I was under the water when I heard it, and I turned over, apparently, and looked up, and really that was probably the thing that saved my life. Um, those are the only two times, but it's rare, I think, to hear. I don't hear it every day. Um, some people see pictures. Um, you know, it could be visions and dreams. You That's a, the picture type of thing. You might even see words written. I've seen words written sometimes. Um, and some people hear through impressions or just a sense of things. And I, that's a pretty common way, I believe, because we're being led by the Spirit. Uh, I want to give you some scriptures for some of these, too. Um, uh, just jot down uh, Romans 8, 14 and James 1, 5. That will, will help on the God speaking to our spirit part. And then we know that we can tell if what we're hearing is from God, uh, you know, with does it line up with scripture? And does it produce the fruit of the spirit? Does it, do we have a sense of the fruit of the spirit in what's happening? And does it produce freedom? Those are some of the ways that we can really judge whether what we're hearing is from God. But hearing God is vital to our freedom because we are transformed by hearing him and acting on what he says. You know, my words can bring information. Karen's words can bring information. They can be anointed by God, and he can be breathing on them, and they can bring life, and they will be spirit. But just my words in general, you know, they're just words. But his words bring transformation. So we need his anointing even when we're, we're speaking. So now we're going to talk about omnipresence briefly. Uh, I would love to read the whole Psalm 139 to you, but I'm just going to talk through it just a little bit. It's where it says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. And he says, You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar, whether I'm going out or lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Uh, you've laid your hand on me. You know, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? God is present everywhere at all times. And most people largely go through life not even aware of his presence. Like even this morning in the beginning, uh, I had the sense that, you know, we were worshiping God. And, and really, when you're worshiping God, usually there's a much stronger sense of his presence because we're focused on him. This morning, it just felt kind of flat. Not the worship team was doing great. Everybody was doing great. I think God just needed to clear some stuff out of the way. But 
but some, and, and I think maybe because of that, because of distractions and things that were going on in our lives as we came, maybe we just weren't sensing that presence. But we can sense his presence at any time. You know, when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. I don't know how we can draw nearer because he's always everywhere. But we can become more aware of his presence. And, um, you know, he even says that if I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. There is no place you can be where the presence of God is not available to you. He's omnipresent. And we, of all people, really, because we are like those receivers, we're plugged in, we're turned on, and we're tuned in, we can be aware of his presence. What happens sometimes, though, is we get distracted, and it's like we're almost on the wrong frequency. Or maybe we're on the wrong frequency by choice. If we really want to be aware of his presence, we need to stay tuned in, and, and we'll be able to. Um, and so I got to thinking a couple years ago when I was thinking about peace and, and really kind of studying peace, and um, I calculated a couple things out which were pretty simple calculations, but I got to thinking, you know, how many moments of my life today can I fill with the awareness of God and surrender to his presence? Somebody can do the calculations, but, you know, and I'm not suggesting that you block out your kids or you block out your, your spouse, um, but, you know, it's pretty easy to go through an hour with him or without him. I mean, depending on what's happening in our lives, but yet he's right there. But there's so, it's so much better and so much more fun when we're aware of his presence. You know, I feel like my soul, my mind, will, and emotions needs God more um, than it needs frustration and impatience. <laughs> with, the with God life is, is a life filled with um, an inner peace and a contentment as opposed to turmoil and activities trying to earn something or to fill your life up because you're sensing an emptiness. So um, I seem to have lost my numbers that I was going to share with you. Somebody, somebody calculate that out for me, would you please? It's, uh, it would be 20, oh, here it is. I do have it. Um, so there are 86,400 seconds in a day. And I want to challenge you to, to, to not necessarily remember that number, but even as we go from here today, be aware that, you know what? Every second is a, is a second that you could connect with God. And how many of them can you live with God? Psalm 16, 8 says, I've set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Psalm 16, 8 in the Living Bible says, I'm always thinking of the Lord, and because he's so near, I never need to stumble or fall. That's kind of like preventative freedom ministry right there. Um, you know, there, the distractions and the things of life that, um, that can just really get in, they can even get in and mess with your family. Uh, my assistant and I were talking the other day, Casey. Casey's really a friend uh, and an assistant. And uh, she was telling me something that happens in her house sometimes. Perhaps this happens at yours. You know, we want our houses to be filled with the Lord's presence, don't we? I, I, I'm sure that we all do. And, you know, every now and then, though, you know, maybe the kids will start getting on each other's case or, or they'll, you know, maybe, maybe the husband and I are having or her are having a, a discussion and it just starts to get a little bit out of hand. 
And Casey's a pretty spunky gal, uh, if, if you don't know her. And uh, she told me that what she does is there'll be, maybe the boys will be having a little bit of a discussion and it'll be getting louder and it feels like it's intensifying and maybe some things are happening that shouldn't happen. And she'll go, she'll go, did you hear that? And they'll say, hear what? And she goes, I think I heard somebody at the door. And then they'll go back at it because they said, no, we didn't hear anything. And then they'll, they'll fight for a little bit more and stuff and she'll get up and she'll walk over to the door and she'll open the door and they're still over there going. And she'll go, oh, well, hello. We weren't expecting you. Come on in, Jesus. Would you like to sit right here? And I wanted to plant that picture in our minds because as we go through our lives and as we go through things from day to day, minute to minute, in all of those, uh, in all of those many sections, seconds that we talked about, there are many opportunities for there to be distractions, to be things that are unpleasant, to things that might start getting out of hand. And how would it be if we just remembered to say, oh, Jesus, so glad you're here. Won't you come in and sit down? I guess that's what I want to leave with you, is that, you know what, he is very present. Scripture says he's a very present help in time of trouble. He's a very present help at all times. Whether we think we're troubled or not, we always need him. And we can always know him more, and we can always draw closer to him. And you ladies are ladies of his presence. You, you come faithfully, and you're here in his presence, and don't let it slip away from you as you walk out. Be mindful of his presence. And be mindful of the things that distract you. Um, so as we close, I really, um, I would like us to just uh, kind of go to an attitude of prayer, and we're just going to ask God two questions, I believe. We'll do a really nice question first, a really fun question, I think. I, I love this question. And just, just, just kind of close your eyes and just kind of settle in and, and recognize, you know what, we've invited Jesus in, and he's sitting right there next to you. So just ask him this, Jesus, what good thing do you see in me that I don't see in myself? And listen, because he wants to speak to you. He wants you to know what good thing he sees in you that you don't see. This is actually one of the questions for your table discussion. But would you ask God this too? Just ask him to show you what distracts you from hearing his voice and recognizing his presence. He might show you a picture you might just have a knowing what it is, an impression on the inside. You might even see a word flying up in the air. <laughs> that would be distracting. <laughs> we just thank you, Lord, that you're a God who speaks. You're a God that desires that we would receive from you. Lord, that we would receive your life, your love, your light, your power, 
your, and that we would know your nearness and that we would receive those things, we would contain them and that we would be ones that broadcast them as well. I speak a blessing over each one in Jesus' name, amen. And now at your tables, um, you have a list of table questions. You do have a list of table questions, correct? No. Oh, there is a list. It's a big table up there. Look at that big table. So we might as well do that last one first and share with your table if, if what God showed you distracts you from hearing his voice and being aware of his presence. Hello, ladies. Gee, it's hard to even break this up. I, I, uh, Karen gave me the opportunity to just share one last thought as you go, and then she'll come up and actually close. I had this in my notes, and uh, my notes were rather disheveled, if you hadn't noticed. Um, but anyhow, this, this was something that, that God had spoken to me a while back, and I really felt like I was supposed to share it here. And it's just the statement that greater freedom in your life will always, and I had always underlined, it will always involve the Holy Spirit downloading a particular truth to you, uh, to your life, while simultaneously exposing the lie of the enemy that has held you bond in bondage. So I, I just want to send you out with that thought that when we are spending time with God, we should look for those Holy Spirit downloads. Um, and when he, de when he delivers a truth to you, it is probably because there is some sort of a lie of the enemy that could be involved, and it's a good opportunity and say, God, what should I do with this truth? That's all I wanted to say. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Deb. All right, let's just, let's just receive what God has downloaded today. Father God, I just thank you for relationships that have been built. But most of all, Father, that as we leave today, that we know that you, where you're presence is you bring freedom and I just thank you that we can pray over the next few weeks Lord that we will come with an open heart and that we will know that you do speak to us we are your sheep you're a good shepherd and you will speak good things to us and we will hear it and so as we leave today father I just pray a blessing over every person every woman take what we've heard today and just uh, we plant it down deep in our hearts so that it will produce good fruit in Jesus name and all God's girls said amen and amen.